listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with me, Jade Elliott, where we talk all things pregnancy, children, and parenting. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health. You're listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with myself, Jade Elliott, joined today by Marty Nightingale with Intermountain Healthcare. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. We're talking about something today that um, can maybe be an uncomfortable topic for some others, an uncomfortable even visit to even think about. It's talking about a pap smear and then the aftermath of what if my pap smear comes back abnormal. Um, You know, if you're over 21 and you've had a well woman exam, you've probably at that point had a pap smear. Um, quick test, you know, it can be a little uncomfortable, uh, but it, you know, we, people need to know kind of like how often should we be getting these done? Um, what, what are these results supposed to mean? What are they looking for? Um, and then, yeah, what if it comes back abnormal? You're a certified nurse midwife with Intermountain Health, so you have all the answers for our listeners about this. Um, so let's just kind of get right to it. What is a pap smear and what does it check for? Yeah, um, so a pap smear, um, during a pap smear, we place a speculum in the vagina and so we can see the cervix and then we scrape cells from the cervix so that they can be analyzed for any abnormalities. And then those, uh, those abnormalities are um, analyzed and um, there, there can be a variety of abnormalities um, and depending on what uh, what the cells come back, we would um, make recommendations. So those recommendations may be anything from just repeating the pap smear if they if the cells are abnormal to just going into normal screening, which can be anything from three years to five years, depending on age. And, you know, you use some of the words and it, it makes it sound, you know, very medical and to some maybe even a little scary. But, you know, you and I both know I, I'm over 30. I'm a mom. I've had them. I survived it just like you have, just like, you know, so many other women. It shouldn't be something that women are scared to do because it's important that we get these done. This is important for women's health. Absolutely. And cervical cancer is quite rare, um, but it is quite rare because we are screening and we're catching it early and we're intervening if cells are abnormal. Um, So um, screening is, you know, it's, it is mildly uncomfortable because we're scraping cells, but certainly um, it's, I would say it's more uncomfortable in the sense that we're, um, you know, revealing ourselves on a table and that sort of thing rather than being physically painful. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's very brief. Um, and, you know, your provider should be explaining what they're doing at the exam. And so I think really just that first one beginning at age 21 is where it's going to be most um, emotionally uncomfortable, I would say. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, talking about the importance and talking about you know, the screening and looking for cervical cancer, that is a cancer that usually doesn't have any symptoms, which is another reason why getting these pap smears is so important. 
Absolutely. Um, you know, very rarely are there symptoms of cervical cancer. And when there are symptoms, it's usually quite progressed. Symptoms may include um, vaginal bleeding, pain, um, and those sorts of things. And again, if you're having those symptoms, you would want to be checked out, but, but usually it's quite progressed. Um, usually women have no symptoms when they're having abnormal cells of the cervix. So that's why screening is so important. And so if our listeners uh, joining us maybe haven't had one, um, or maybe they had that first one and then they never went back to get another, what do they need to know before uh, scheduling an appointment? Because we want to encourage them, of course, to do that. It's very important to do that. So what do they need to know prior to making that appointment with their doctor? Yeah. So, I mean, when you're thinking about it, we want we are going to be collecting those cells. And so we want those cells to be uninterrupted and undisturbed, if you will. And so um, for about 24 to 48 hours, nothing into the vagina. So certainly no douching, um, no sex, tampons, those sorts of things. Um, so nothing into the vagina. And then um, it is best to come when you're not having heavy menstrual flow. Um, so, you know, if you're having a light menstrual flow, that's not going to be a, an issue. But so it's better to schedule um, when you're not anticipating having your period. And then we talked a little bit about um, when we should start, you know, that age of, you know, 21 or over. Kind of talk us through that and what, what that looks like for when, you know, it's recommended to kind of get your first pap smear, how often you should get them from there on out. Yeah, absolutely. So um, beginning at age 21, we start pap smears. And um, from 21 to 30, we would be doing a pap smear every three years, assuming that they're coming back normal. And then from age 30 on, we do a pap smear with HPV testing. Um, and then we're going to be doing those every five years, again, assuming they come back normal. If you don't collect the HPV testing and you only collect the PAP from 30 on, you would still need to be doing it every three years. Now, HPV is human papillomavirus. There's a number of different strains, and some of those strains can cause um, cervical cancer. And that is in the majority of cases, what does cause cervical cancer. And so that's why it's so important to begin screening at age 30. We don't screen prior to age 30 because most women do have it, but most women clear it by the age of 30. So that's why we don't really need to test it prior to that. What we're concerned about is the women who have not cleared it by age 30. So that's why we begin testing at age 30 for that. And is there any reason or would there be any reason that you would recommend someone under the age of 21 getting a pap smear earlier in those you know, early 20, late teens, or for someone regardless of age to be getting them more often, maybe yearly or, or more often than that every three to five years? Right. So um, PAPs are not recommended under the age of 21. Now, if someone came in, they, they were symptomatic, maybe having some vaginal bleeding, something like that, and we placed a speculum and we saw something concerning, sure, that provider may want to do it, but that's going to be on a case-by-case -case basis. Mm -hmm. um, and then certainly if a PAP comes back abnormal, then Yes, absolutely. We may do PAPs even yearly in some women. Um, 
And uh, certainly, if a pap comes back abnormal, depending on what the abnormality is, the person's age, their previous history, that would dictate what comes next, whether it's uh, wait a year and repeat the pap with HPV testing or whether we need to do what's called a colposcopy. And that is looking a little more closely at the cervix with a um, instrument similar to like a microscope so we can have a closer view and or taking cervical biopsies. And so we've talked a little bit about, or at least we've used the termino terminology, you know, an abnormal pap smear, uh, but we haven't really kind mm -hmm. of dove into what that really means because off the bat, I think since we now know that we go to a pap smear and predominantly we're getting screened for cervical cancer, if mine's abnormal, does that mean I have cancer? Right, that's a great question. Um, so absolutely not. I mean, it's extraordinarily rare to go to a pap smear and have it be that level of concern. Um, most typically, a pap smear will come back what we call ASCAS, and it's just atypical cells, meaning the cells don't quite look normal, and it's of unknown um unknown cause and so uh, meaning there there could be a lot of different causes for those cells to be abnormal so a variety of things can cause that um, perhaps you have a um, vaginitis maybe a, a yeast infection something like that um, those cells could be going through a reparative phase so you know the cervical cells are, are very rapidly changing cells they um, they are cells that turn over very quickly. And so they frequently go through reparative uh, phases. And so um, if you have those mildly abnormal cells and it's not in the presence of HPV, we're much less concerned. Um, and so frequently we'll just repeat the pap smear in a year. And so um, the, the abnormal cells on the cervix are graded, meaning there's different levels of abnormality. And so um, there's higher levels of abnormality than that, what we call ASCUS. And so it really depends on how abnormal those cells are and how con then that means, that, that gives us that level of concern. Mm -hmm. And from a, a results perspective, I've had an abnormal PAP before. Um, what do you mm -hmm. say on a number that you see? Um, as, as one patient, if they get it abnormal, is it gonna be common for them to get more abnormal results in the future? Uh, do you see, you know, out of one in 10 patients getting an abnormal result? And are there any numbers that you could, you know, kind of give an idea to our listeners for one that may get one and say, oh, I got one, you know, but not to be necessarily scared, but just to follow up? Right. Um, I, I would say that uh, abnormal PAPs are pretty frequent. I, I would I, probably more than one in 10. Um, I don't have a hard number for you, but um, but I think they're pretty common because certainly um, vaginitis is a very common um, cause. Um, and uh, and again, a lot of times women will have an abnormal PAP and they don't have HPV. So that's a lot less concerning. And most frequently, we just repeat the pap smear in one year rather than the three or the five. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, that pap has gone right back to normal. Um, and so, but, but I think like the take home message there is, because um, you did mention earlier, there's a lot of women that'll have a pap and then not come back. And 
that that really concerns me. I, I feel bad because I think that tells me maybe they didn't have a great experience on that first pap or or whatever. Um, but but also too maybe they didn't quite understand that the important thing is to repeat that pap um, and and have that good follow up, especially when they've had an abnormal, because um, that's where you know if we lose people that's where they can go into that cervical cancer um, road. Right. And after an abnormal mm-hmm. pap, is it always common or, or recommended that you will have a colposcopy or a cervical biopsy, or are there other things that might be looked at with an abnormal pap? Right, that's a great question. Um, so no, absolutely not. Um, so we have a, an algorithm that is based on evidence, and it's co- it comes from um, ASCCP and their um, their our body of uh, knowledge and our uh, our um, guiding physicians, um, and um, th- that's our uh, we look at that for recommendations on who gets uh, or who who is recommended to have a colposcopy, if you will. And um, so that again is based on your your age, your previous history, and the severity of that abnormal pap. And so, you know, for instance, someone who is you know under 30 who has an an ascus pap with an HPV may not be recommended to have colposcopy, whereas somebody over 30 would. And so um, it really depends on on you know the situation, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. And which a lot of this does, you know, and I think that that's something, you know, we should reiterate to our listeners too. You know, it's so important to, you know, of course, take care of our bodies and especially take care of the things, the unknowns, you know, talking about how the cervical cancer has no symptoms. There's no way for us to know unless we are, you know, seeing our provider and we're getting our pap smears. And, you know, as uncomfortable as the topic might be, the importance behind it is, you know the message that we really want to drive home and i think i think important another thing that's really important is to ask questions i think there's no there's no bad question or wrong question and i i promise that if you ask that question another patient has asked it before i think a lot of times patients are scared or they feel silly um for asking a question but i've i've always had that question before when a patient asks a question yeah absolutely well, Marty Nightingale, we so appreciate your time and uh, talking us through, uh, you know, kind of what that pap smear looks like, what the appointment looks like, the importance of it, of course, and then, um, you know, what what that next step is if you do get it abnormal and, and kind of just um, letting our listeners know the importance behind um, what, you know, some some may think is an uncomfortable topic. We appreciate you. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And that concludes this episode of the Baby Your Baby podcast. I was joined today by Marty Nightingale with Intermountain Healthcare talking about pap smears and what happens if maybe they come back abnormal. Thanks for joining me, Jade Elliott, and our guest for this week's Baby Your Baby podcast. If you have a topic that you'd like our Baby Your Baby experts to discuss, leave us a comment and don't forget to subscribe. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 News podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health.